Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris Evans and I'm joined as always by Tom King. Hello. And by Stu Greenwood. Hello. We are here to talk about the Canadian Grand Prix, which is the first of nine races in, sorry, six races in the space of nine weeks. So buckle up. (laughs) It's going to be a a busy couple of months. Um, But then it's summer break time. Yay bit of news leading into canada is that uh, mercedes are likely to bring uh, engine upgrade um much to the uh, disappointment of everyone that does have mercedes engine i imagine um they've specifically mentioned the energy recovery system but nothing more exact than that um they're actually the last of the engine manufacturers to bring an update this season which the fact that they've won everything without an engine <laughs> upgrade doesn't bode well for everybody else does it really no. They <laughs> did have Canada planned as their engine upgrade last season, but ended up pushing it back to France. So it's not a guarantee. But um, it doesn't bode well for a competitive season, does it? No, well, yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, you can't really blame Mercedes, though, can you? It's no teams. Blame everyone it's else. Other, yeah, everyone else. Be better. People need to, other teams need to be better at being a Formula One team, please. <laughs> Just be better. <laughs> Just be better. It's simple. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> then looking way ahead to 2020 uh, I thought this was an interesting little snippet that came out this week Cyril Beatable, the uh, team principal of Renault in an interview uh, basically said that for 2020 Renault are considering a more qualifying focused philosophy for their car um, specifically talking about things like gear ratios which are like you have to pick one set of gear ratios for the whole season the rake of the car and aero and things quote from him is uh, in modern f1 it's all about qualifying all tracks are almost like monaco now and there is a different pattern of development of the car if you want to focus on qualifying or focus on the race essentially you're saying that they're considering just focusing on qualifying because qualify well and then no one can overtake you which to be fair has done the likes of red bull and mercedes very well in yeah, the past i was about to say that's basically just red bull's philosophy from 2010 to 2014 yeah. <laughs> it is keep qualifying at the front and then just make sure everybody else stays behind you. Exactly, yeah. And how many yeah. times in and that and kind of the early years of Mercedes dominance did you see them slip back in the race and then just have a nightmare following other cars? Yeah, that's very true. You did, you did. But is that going to be the case in 20... Well, 2020, yeah, but for 2021, that's probably, hopefully, not going to be the case, is it? Hopefully, is he is he is he talking specifically just about twenty twenty, or is he talking about from weirdly twenty twenty was the season he specified? Yeah, mm. it makes sense though because that's current era regulations, yeah. and obviously development to some degree will have probably already started for for what they're planning because nothing significant changes, does it? So anything that they're learning from this year's car yeah. will already be going into next year's. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, I, why is it taking him so long to realise this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird that this is new information. I think the problem yeah. is though that works. I mean, we mentioned Red Bull and Mercedes. That works if you're 
qualifying on the front row, but I'm not sure I can see Renault qualifying on the front row next year. Can you imagine if they just rocked up and like cut a pole now in Melbourne next year and we're like, see, <laughs> told you we were going to build a quali car. <laughs> <laughs> and then he blows up after three laps. Yeah. I, uh, that's such a, I think that's such a weird thing for him to say. Like, are, are they not all doing that? Are they not all trying to make the fastest possible car? <laughs> yeah, but it's the point that he's making is a valid one. The fact that you can you can build a car yeah. that is far better yeah. on one lap pace and isn't as strong as another car on race pace, and then vice versa. But I, like, I, I, ideally, you want a balance. But if you if you're going to focus one or the other, I'd say that you want to focus on getting the car to at least start as high up the grid as possible mm. because you've got more chance of being able to defend that than you have of trying to chase somebody down that's faster than you. That's fine, but if you go too far down that road and you make a really, really fast quality car that munches through tyres, then you're just going to be nowhere by the end of the race, aren't you? That's the thing. Like, it's yeah. kind of, it, you're right. Tell Lewis saying, Hamilton about Stu. There is a, well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> but... Um, there's got to be a there's there has to be a balance. I don't I don't really subscribe to what he's saying there. Like the reason, and I don't necessarily agree with what you both are saying either. Because Mercedes, <laughs> the Mercedes is it isn't just a great qualifying car. That car can follow. I, I think that car can follow other cars. It, not not so much anymore, but it used to be the case that it wasn't. In, the, the, in like the first yeah. couple of years of the hybrid era, if they ever dropped back, they tended to struggle to follow. I agree um, with that. It, not, so not so much now, these but days. in the past. The, the thing is, though, is how much of that is a direct quote from him saying the words qualifying car? Because to take something out of context can alter the meaning of it slightly in the sense that yeah. to, to say we focus too much on building a car that's good on its tyres and has this amazing race pace, but it's doing nothing for us because we can't qualify high enough to utilise that, it's very different to saying we're going to build a qualifying car, but people twist things like that. Yeah, so. yeah I, th- I think what he means is it's more, they're aiming to go more down th- that route, you know, if it's a, yeah. a, a, a line between qualifying car yeah. and race car, they're going to head more in the qualifying direction. Yeah, okay. I, 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 can, I can handle that. I can take that. <laughs> but, but for Renault to be considering a qualifying car... 2020 is that to me sounds preposterous like I, I don't believe that 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 they can i don't think that'll make a difference to their net result well uh, on top of all of that he did also say that he's not expecting them to be fighting for wins and podiums on a regular basis next season and that 2021 wow. is still their focus so oh my goodness really so like even yeah. now not even halfway through the formula one season he's already writing off next season yeah the exact quote is will it be a step to fight for podiums or wins on a straightforward basis no because we know f1 and frankly our best bet is to work on 2021 which i'm sure will be music to daniel ricardo's ears yeah mm. oh goodness i've i don't have many positive things to say about this news report guys <laughs> <laughs> i can tell um it make a Prediction's interesting, though, if they built a car that was very good at qualifying and then terrible for the race. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's um, kind of, what, they, what they've got at the moment is just a car that's that's middling in qualifying and terrible in the race because look at their yeah. results. 
they've been yeah. uh, middling to not so great in qual in quali. And in the races, they've just been yeah, disappointing is a strong word to use for that. A good word to use for that. Um, and then in races, they've just been having retirements and strategy errors and uh, engine failures and you name it this season already six races in they've had it it's been an absolute nightmare start for them hasn't it so yeah then what before they start before they shift any focus onto any other car they need to get this car right because otherwise yeah. all the problems are just going to follow them through. You can make the best quality car in the world, but if if you've not figured out what you can, you can attempt to be making the most qualifying car that a car can be. But if you've not discovered what's wrong with your current car, then you're never going to be at the front of the grid. No. And like at, at the end of the day, they're being beaten by Honda powered cars right now, which is yeah. the complete opposite yeah. of what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the crazy are... thing is, manufacture a team. The money that is going into that team. To... Mm. Well, look at the difference between their results compared to McLaren's. Are you yeah. the same yeah. engine? Yeah, it's bonkers. That's, that's highlight enough, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like... McLaren have got double their points. Yeah. McLaren so... are like quietly sort of plugging away at it, aren't they, and getting the job done? Yeah, they are. Well, I mean, as we know from what uh, what was that Brown said, uh, what was it? <laughs> Starting to see hints of Mercedes-like qualities, apparently. <laughs> Zach Brown says. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what those qualities are, I guess, as the season goes on. Yeah. <clears throat> um, a quick little bit of Le Mans news as well. We've had the first uh, test day ahead of the Le Mans 24 hours this year. Uh, which you'll never guess who topped it. Um, was it a Japanese-based hybrid? It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Toyota just smashed it again. They were one and two. Um, I think Buemi set the fastest time. Um, mo- most worryingly for a competitive race is that compared to, because obviously this is the super season where there's two runnings of the Le Mans 24 in a single season. So this is exactly the same cars as the previous Le Mans 24 um, but in theory, the gap between Toyota and the non-hybrid privateers should have been a lot closer this time because Toyota are carrying extra weight and the fuel restrictions have been lifted a bit on the privateer teams. But it's not panned out that way. Um, the closest uh, non-Toyota was about two seconds back on them, um, which doesn't bode particularly well. So I think we're still very much looking at a Toyota win for this year. Yeah. Well, if they get to the finish. That is very true, but they have been pretty bulletproof all season, haven't they? The only races yeah. they've lost is when they've had some technical infringement. Been much better than usual this season. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a shame, isn't it, when there's only one manufacturer. I, I'm, I'm getting a bit moany this podcast, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Um, it's a shame that Toyota are the only manufacturer in that team and they're just running away and winning it. I'm not finding it. It's not good for the sport. I don't think it's not good for the man race. It's not good for world endurance championship racing when you've got one team. I mean, yeah, fair enough. It's, it's rich coming from a formula one fan when you've got Mercedes cleaning up, but Hmm. at least Mercedes and, you know, at least there's Ferrari, there's other big manufacturers there who ought to be giving them a run for their money. Whereas with Toyota, it's like a huge, huge international corporation taking on garagistas essentially isn't it yeah Yeah. it's a shame they couldn't find this level of 
reliability when there were still other manufacturers them to race against. Um, you know, if they had had this kind of level of performance and these mm. kind of results when you still had an Audi or a Porsche around, like that would have been amazing. But yeah, that could just never get well, it together, could they? Look how great some of those races were during that era, just a couple of years ago. When, yeah, they were phenomenal. When you did have, you know, you had Mark Webber and, and the other guys mixing it in there. That They were some of the best Le Mans races I've ever, ever seen. And, and in fact, like if I yeah. if I watch Le Mans last this year, I'm not going to be watching it necessarily to see who wins it in in the LMP one class. I'm more interested in seeing like the GTs and the LMP twos and who's going to win out of the rest of the LMP like non hybrid cars. Because exactly, yeah, it's not. I'm sorry, but when when you're in a class of your own, who are you racing? It's just a it's just a big test session for them. Yeah, pretty much. This this is sort of where I'm starting to find myself as a Mercedes fan, though. Like, as a Mercedes fan, it disappoints me that nobody that should be challenging them appears to challenge them because, like, walking away with something is not satisfying in any way, shape, or form. So as much as, like, generally we stay neutral here... I don't like the fact that Mercedes are walking away with this season already because that is what is happening. Mm. And it's just it's just disappointing. Like, you don't want it in any sport. You, you wouldn't want it in the Premier League if you were a football fan watching a team just walk away with the title. You wouldn't want it in, like, I don't know, golf, just one guy disappearing <laughs> and, you know, being seven under par when everyone else is one under par. Like, it, it's just not entertaining for anyone to see one particular team or person turn up and just absolutely annihilate it year after yeah. year after year. Yeah. It just gets dull. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The ra- the race to watch at Le Mans this year is definitely um, the GT class because uh, you've got four. This is Ford's last Le Mans for the foreseeable future because they're shutting down their factory race teams. Um, BMW are pulling out after this one season. So they're both going to want to win it. Porsche looking very quick. So the battle between them three is going to be awesome this year. Mm. Mm. So if at the front, it should be a two-horse race, unfortunately. Mm. Ford, that's an interesting bit of uh, news. I don't know whether it's right for this podcast, but Ford are <laughs> shutting yeah. down all their racing teams. What? They're, let me get let me get this exactly right. Um... Can you tell it's a slow news week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Ford factory racing program is being uh, shut down, basically. I don't think that necessarily means it's the end of the Ford GT. I think there's potential for them to supply cars to privateer teams to run them, mm. but there won't be a Ford factory entry after this season. I, I know that Ford... Uh changing in the automotive sector Ford are, are changing the way they produce vehicles so they're no longer going to sell things like the Focus and the Fiesta and um or if you're a if you're in the USA that I guess it's the Falcon or or um, or Australia um they're yeah, going to be like they're going to be focus, switching their focus to self-driving cars and sort of more oh, what's the word is they're kind of like the more public sector vehicles or like industry vehicles they're not like making uh, okay. private private sector vehicles anymore essentially so it means that whenever you get they're going to be selling fleet cars to things like uber and, and other self-driving yeah. services so that when mm. when when you get in a ford it won't be your ford you're getting and it'll be someone else's and then that ford will get you wherever you're going because they've right got, yeah they've got a new guy there who's got like a 
grand vision of, of how it was to be. So I wonder if that's interesting part of it. I wonder if that's how quite possibly. The, yeah. How well, it's come about. Yeah. There's stuff. Uh, you mentioned the Falcon there. As far as I know, that's pretty much phased out now. That doesn't even exist anymore. I think because was... that's why in stuff like the supercars now, you've got the Mustang, you haven't got the Falcons anymore. And they've been doing that for the last couple of years. Um, so as far as I know, in Australia and America, the Falcon as a model of car is already gone. Oh, right. In terms of a commercial vehicle. Right. So that, as far as I know, that has already started happening, what you're saying there. And it, it'd be interesting to see, I suppose, what that means for them in motorsport. Because if they're still willing to supply people who are independents but not run a factory team, it'd be interesting to see like what model they go with keeping running. Because... I guess if the Mustang name stays around, then they'd potentially swap a lot of things to Mustangs, maybe. Yeah, maybe possibly. having the supercars. Well, I don't know. I Do know you... they were involved in the talks for these new like hypercar rules that are supposed to be replacing the LMP rules. Um, yeah, and talk about that being kind of a modified version of the Ford GT. Um, but I don't know how far that's gone. Those talks still seem to be all over the place. Hmm. Mm. Um, just bringing it back full circle. If you want to know, we've, we've spoken about the end of Ford. If you want to know about <laughs> the part of the beginning <laughs> of Ford's racing program, there's a new trailer out today, Chris, that you showed me. Yes, uh, a film called <laughs> a film called Ford versus Ferrari, except in the UK where it's apparently called Le Mans '66. No idea why that is, but there you go. It's because um, we're, we're a more discerning audience, Chris. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> because we, yeah. Well, I, would it be known what it is worldwide if you just called it Le Mans sixty six? Like, possibly not. I mean, it would in. You think it would in France? Yeah. And I don't know. Mm. Anyway, the, it's it's called Four versus Ferrari for everywhere else, <laughs> um, and it is a film about the. Uh, 66 Le Mans race and the sort of lead up to it um, where Ford decided they wanted to go and beat Ferrari, um, which was the birth of the Ford GT. Um, And it looks really good. It's got Christian Bale and Matt Damon in it, both being as good as they usually are. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, have a look at the trailer. Uh, We'll probably tweet a link to it, actually. Um, Yeah. It it looks very, very good. Um, But yeah, I I do hope this doesn't mean the end of the Ford GT because it is my absolute favorite racing car that exists right now yeah it's a cool cool car it's awesome um if you want to watch uh the two horse race at Le Mans that we talked about or the better race going on behind them uh qualifying takes place on the 12th and 13th of june and then the race is on the 15th uh which is a week on saturday if you're listening to this uh, as it comes out I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot after it happened. But shall we return to Formula One and the Canadian Grand Prix? Yes, I think I think yes, we should. We've gone, we've gone down a long old uh, long old path there. We've gone all <laughs> over the shop there. Yeah. Um, so a few storylines leading into this race. Uh, first up at the front, Bottas needs to beat Hamilton in Canada, which is a race we know Lewis is strong at if he wants to keep the championship fight alive. Uh, do we have much faith in him managing to do that? Valtteri's not done too bad himself here, in all honesty. It's, it is quite stereotypically like one of those Lewis tracks where yes. you expect him to do well. But Valtteri's had his fair share of decent results, both 
at Mercedes and before Mercedes. Um, I'm sure he put it on the front row, didn't he, one year in the wet? Yeah, I think he did. That's, that the, sounds in familiar. The Williams. Yeah, not sure what year that would have been. I'd have to go back and check. But <laughs> the general point being that you know he's not too shabby himself. Around no, here. that's true. Um, well, he he actually beat Lewis in qualifying last year as well. Um, there you go. He was second on the grid, and Lewis was only fourth. Only managed fourth on the grid. Guess who was in between them? Max Ferraris, Max Verstappen in a in a Red uh, of Bull course he Renner. was yes yeah yeah well Hamilton's got six poles and six wins here second only to Schumacher on this track so Bottas is going to have to dig pretty deep if he is going to beat him yeah. but um, it's possible for clarity there I should just point out that Sebastian Vettel was on pole last year yes he was uh, yeah he was wasn't he um, speaking of Ferrari, uh, can Leclerc bounce back after an utterly miserable weekend in Monaco and find some of the form he showed back in Bahrain? I hope so. Um, I'd love to see him come back strong because it, it was obviously a very, very... It would have been hit really, really hard, I think, by the way things panned out in um, in, in Monaco, especially considering the team just made such a hash of it. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I really want to. Yeah. I'd love to see him just be really, really focused, have a nice clean. He just needs a clean weekend now. It can't get much worse, can it? No. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's hope so. Mm. <laughs> Next, can Racing Point or Williams shine on the long straights in Canada with that Mercedes uh, engine upgrade that we've already talked about? Uh, or will the Ferrari power we've seen up to this point in the season? Uh, let the midfield teams that use that engine take the spoils because it is a very very power heavy track in Montreal isn't it yeah super super power heavy I suppose it depends on how these engine upgrades do but I imagine that the only car running them will probably be the factory team and they'll filter down to the other teams providing they decide to go ahead with whatever they've changed won't they I feel like in the past Mercedes have been quicker in giving the upgrades to other teams actually ferrari definitely tend to make the customer teams wait a little bit but i feel like in the past mercedes tend to dish them out a bit more readily but i guess it depends on what the upgrade is doesn't it mm. yeah yeah and how and how um proven it is as well that's that's the big thing isn't it if they've had it on the dyno for a while and, and they're really confident that it's not going to break down yeah and disappoint their customers then yeah then there's no reason not to give it to them but and, the, and the, let's, let's face it, none of their customers are threatening them for wins, are they? So, No. No. But, you know, I mean, for all of Ferrari's struggles, like it's not the case anymore that you see a power track and say that's definitely Mercedes territory anymore. Like, no. Look at, you look at their, any sector with big old straights on the calendar so far has still been Ferrari territory. They still have that advantage in a straight line i think yeah for sure well i mean last year last year vettel won he was on sorry vettel uh, was on pole and he won the race last year he was uh he won ahead of bottas last year yeah um, seven seconds down the road in the race and only about a tenth ahead less just under a tenth ahead um in qualifying which is actually it's not the longest lap in the world is it? it's only a one it's a one no. ten so it's the same sort of distance yeah. as Monaco, same sort of speed as Monaco anyway, time-wise. Um, so a tenth is it's quite a big margin around um, around here in these cars. So yeah, yeah, I, I think the Ferrari, if if they've still got the power and if they've got their head around their car this weekend, they could be with a chance still. I think we can hope so. Hope, 
Um, then speaking of other engine manufacturers uh, with Honda now finally meeting their reliability targets can Red Bull be a dark horse at this power circuit you've already mentioned that Verstappen was up there in qualifying last year yep in in the Renault as well which is infamously uh, unreliable in the McLaren last year yes it still is well it was unreliable in the Red Bull McLaren and it's now unreliable in its own yeah, <laughs> unit, isn't it? So, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. Renault's um, reliability suffers tenfold at any circuit, let alone a power circuit. Yeah, yeah, and yet you would hope reliability is not the limiting factor now, though. They do yeah. seem to have got on top of that. Mm. I, I think you mm. know. I feel like going into this, it could be it, Red Bull could be a bit of a dark horse around this circuit. I think they totally going to be up there mixing it. If they were mixing it last year with that less powerful engine it feels like the seems as though the honda's a bit more powerful than the red than the renault is now there's no reason why verstappen shouldn't be sort of third off off maybe even second on the grid if they are then ferrari are going to be very worried because this is not a massively aero dependent circuit there's not many well, there's not really any high speed corners there's a couple of sort of medium speed corners so if if they can go well here ferrari are going to be particularly worried yeah yeah but they're definitely snapping at their heels hmm. uh and another team i want to mention just while we're talking about aero and and not such a high aero demand circuit is um, williams a lot of williams problems are aero and they did considering that they did really really well in monaco um so a low aero de- or a less aero dependent circuit like um uh, Montreal, maybe maybe they could be uh, stealing a couple of points this this race, finally. Yeah, I mean, every race they've been inching closer um, to the, the pack in front. I mean, which, well, technically, time-wise, they went backwards in Monaco, but results-wise, it was uh, it was a better performance. Can I have some of your optimism juice, please, Stu? <laughs> of, of course. I feel I need it right now. Yeah, I, keep it, I keep it in the fridge next to the milk. <laughs> Um, I'll remember. Yeah, um, don't drink too much of it. But though. Williams, like, well, you go terribly. <laughs> Williams have been like, they keep saying they've got a lot of upgrades coming, and they're confident they're going to keep moving in the right direction, and they're not just writing this season off. So they're they're, they're definitely going in the right direction. Um, Again, it's it's that I, thing I, we've mentioned. Like they need to, then it's it's the same as Renault. They need to get on top of the problems that they do have, so that they can move forward from them and not have them reoccur. If you don't learn your yeah. problems, then you're never going to. And that's that's why it's so so important for them to bring an upgrade to every single race this season and just keep pushing, 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 get to the bottom of why that car is struggling. I, I think the the key thing is something we've already mentioned this podcast and we've mentioned it in previous weeks before is because of the fact that next year is not a huge change you could like everything you do this season in terms of throwing an upgrade on the car and seeing how it how it affects the car on track is all progress towards next season it's not like it's a throwaway thing where next season everything changes anyway and so I think that's a, a key reason to not give up on the season like what they're saying and actually try and keep 
bring in parts for the car if they can, because it's only going to benefit them next season if they can get on top of things that are going wrong at the moment. Yeah, it makes sense to keep pushing on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was an interview with Rob Smedley somewhere this week, actually, obviously formerly of Williams. Um, and he said from his point of view, he thinks the source of a lot of their problems is a lack of um, focus and funding for research and development, um, which obviously long term is going to hurt you if you're not yeah. doing the R&D for, for the future. And I guess that it, it makes sense based on how this season has gone for them and the preseason especially. Um. So hopefully that's something they're starting to turn around. Mm. Yeah. Watch this space. And then, yeah. And then a final storyline for this week, uh, because we always have to mention Ferrari. Will they finally have a strategically trouble-free weekend? (laughs) That's my comedy (laughs) storyline of the week. Um, (sighs) I hope so, but do I? Do I care if they do or not? (laughs) I'd quite like to see. I mean, yeah, I I care. I want to see them mixing it i want to see him have a race yeah yeah it's getting old now this whole it really is ferrari because yeah. they made a mistake again it is it's like the, the joke's worn a little yeah. thin with me like it's just irritating now it's just starting to make me sad but yeah just depressing watching, <laughs> watching a clown being continually blasted in the face with pie and now his nose is broken and his eyes are black. <laughs> and yeah. everyone stopped laughing now. Yeah, everyone stopped laughing. It's all starting to get a bit scary. <laughs> Just wanted to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, what an awfully depressing analogy. I know, right? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it. Oh, it's kind of appropriate for them, though. Like, well, I mean, Canada, Canada tends to be a multiple pit stop race, so there's plenty of opportunity for them to mess things up. But fairly decent safety car percentage around there, isn't there? As in, we generally tend to get one of yeah. those races. Mm. So that's another thing for them to screw up. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee we'll see a lot of them on track in qualifying this week. Yeah. What, safety cars? No, Ferrari. There's no oh. way they'll be making that qualifying mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and don't forget, we had the longest ever race here. One year as well when it rained. What Jensen that Jensen, yeah. Jensen button won that one? The Jensen button one. Yep. So even more time for Ferrari to make mistakes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty yeah. ample opportunity <laughs> for, for mistakes to <laughs> make. God. Oh, we Please joke, do. but I really, yeah. really hope they don't. Yeah, I should say having made a clown analogy against Ferrari, I don't mean it. I'd, I'd much rather see them doing well. I, I joke desperately out want them of, to. Yeah, I joke out of want for Yeah. A competition. <laughs> that's literally yeah, what yeah. It is. But that, that's that is what it is. Like, I'd rather, as a fan, I'd rather be frustrated with them beating the driver or the team that I'm supporting than what's happening right now. Definitely for sure. I guarantee that I'd be happier as a, generally as a person <laughs> well, if that was the case. Yeah, but it's even worse now because they actually have a driver that I want to see do yeah. well. That's and that as well. I think maybe that's the thing that maybe that's the tipping point for me where he's just become he's he's not a joke anymore because there is a driver there that I yeah. want to really see do well. Maybe that's yeah. the factor here. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head there because I feel exactly yeah, the same it way. Really is. And I wouldn't you know I I wouldn't mind so much if it was if it felt like it was Vettel who was getting the raw end of the stick. But not that, and I've got nothing against that. I've got massive respect for him as a driver, everything, you know, and, and what he's achieved. But 
you really just want to see the new guy do really, really well in a team like Ferrari. And who, guess, who doesn't like Charlie Boy? Yeah, exactly. You'd have to yeah, be exactly. a monster not to like Charlie. He's so nice. <laughs> Such a nice boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. Um, on that on? note, yeah, let's move on. Uh, can I have a team to watch from you guys? Um, I'm trying to think who my team to watch was last week. Last, no, sorry, last race. What did I say? I think I said Red Bull last race, didn't I? I think it might have been, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to say Red Bull again this race. You can if Do you want. There are no restrictions here. Um, yeah, okay, I will. <laughs> I will. So Red Bull are my team to watch because they've got the Honda engine and it's if it is meeting its performance targets or or its reliability targets, I should say, then they'll be able to crank up the performance a little bit on that thing and maybe um you know, maybe uh upset certainly the Ferraris, maybe even be nibbling at the heels of the Honda of the Mercedes. Um yeah. So that's or at least Verstappen will be. And to be fair, Gasly was looking much, much more close to Verstappen last weekend. He was only a tenth off, I think, at yeah. one point. So um yeah, that's that's my team to watch. Hmm. Tom? I I think since we've not talked about him a huge amount this week, I think McLaren maybe just to see where they are at a bit of a more power related circuit. Because yeah, it'd, be, it'd just be interesting to see how all round the car is, um, and if they can sort of hold on to what is becoming a bit of a solid best of the rest kind of season for them. Um, I mean, so they yeah, went it'd be interesting to see. They went well in Azerbaijan, which has got a big old power section on. So yeah, mm. maybe yeah. Um, I'm going to say Haas this week. I think. I think if they can put together a clean weekend with the what we think is the fastest engine in a straight line in the back of it, I think, and on a track where you can overtake, they could well easily be leading that midfield by some chunk this weekend, I think. But again, a lot of yeah. ifs there. Yeah, no, I, I I could agree with that actually. I think they again they could be even nibbling at the heels of um, the sort of top three, couldn't they? If uh, if yeah, if if they do uh, if they do turn up, yeah, especially if they found something to get their tire troubles uh, under control. Yeah, how tire and how tire um killy is this track? I had um, this in front of me a moment ago and it's gone. Tend to bring the softer tires, don't they? So in my yeah. head, I'd say not a huge amount, but we do tend to see a two-stop race on those softer tires. So here we more go. More than other tracks. Um, yeah, t- <laughs> tire tire stress is a lowly two, um, uh, <laughs> according to Pirelli. So two. I don't know how out of how many. I'm going to guess five. I think it's five. Five must be five on, on the old um, Pirelli graphics. Yep, so it's low downforce, low asphalt abrasion. Asphalt abrasion is a one, and asphalt grip is a one as well. And lateral, it just says lateral. <laughs> That's a one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one lateral. <laughs> How many lateral are you, Chris? Um, I'm, I'm probably a one, actually. I'm not very lateral. Yeah. I'm very lateral, so I'm a five. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, looking at last year, it was pretty much a one-stopper all the way through the field. There was only a couple of people who did two stops, and it didn't work out very well. So, mm. I don't know if that's good for Hassel or not. Weather-wise, we're not looking at too many surprises from what I can see just yet. Like I, I had a quick scan of it. Obviously, it's hard to get an accurate weather prediction this far in advance of the weekend. Yeah. But careful there, Michael Fish. Like a dry <laughs> <weekend. Yeah. laughs> It's looking like a dry weekend so far. <laughs> um, what is it? I had I had I had a I had a good point to make about Haas, and I've uh, what was it? It was oh yeah, they're so they're down in sixth. They're behind in, in the constructors behind um, Racing Point, um, but there's nothing in it between those two. There's 17, 17 points and sixteen for Haas. So they really shouldn't be behind them, should they? Though, like I, I, Racing Point have been nowhere so far this year. Well, they've just been so, Racing Point have been so quiet is the thing because they've got one great driver mm. and one not so great driver. Like we we talked about it this last week, didn't we? And yeah, it's. I think if they had two great drivers, I'll say it again: if they had two great drivers in that Racing Point, then they'd probably be in the McLaren right now. Yeah, quite possibly. I think I think Racing Point have been consistently gain not many points whereas Haas have been inconsistently gain lots of points it's kind of all or nothing with Haas isn't it yeah yeah that feels accurate which I guess is why they're like why they're still only a point behind and Toro Rosso on the same points than actually as well yeah, it's so, so close in that yeah, midfield so, again it's, it's ridiculous isn't it um so much more interesting in the middle yeah if only yeah. there weren't three massively overfunded teams compared to the <laughs> okay imagine what Formula One would be like then everyone um, if only. Uh, can I also have a driver to watch from you both? Valtteri. I feel it's a little obvious, but Valtteri. I think it's like a weekend where if he's not like directly behind Lewis, he needs to be beating him like we were talking about before. Um, yeah. And, and it's a track where he's had decent results um, on a couple of occasions in a not-so-brilliant car. Like, I know that Williams was obviously better then, but to get it on the podium a couple of times is impressive in itself. So I think that he needs to use that to his advantage. If he's, if he's yeah. really going to get in Lewis's head and, and really take a title fight to him, he needs to win a race like this, which is a Lewis circuit, like what we've talked about. And yeah. he needs to be ahead of him at somewhere that Lewis feels comfortable because that's how you gain Lewis's head, isn't it? It's like beat him at places where he almost... I don't think Lewis ever walked into a race thinking, I've got this win, but I think some places like this, he's definitely more sure of himself. So to rattle him here yeah. is probably more powerful than at other places. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's let's not forget, though, that he did beat... Bottas did beat Hamilton here last year. Yeah, very true. So for that reason, my driver to watch is going to be Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> because, um, mainly because, uh, Tom, of the reasons you just said, <laughs> mostly. So you've but the opposite way around. Yeah, like, I, uh, it's, it's, if, if, yeah, if, if Valtteri does, uh, does beat him this weekend, especially considering that he beat him here last year, uh, what is famously a a bit of a Lewis track, then yeah, I think we we've it's definitely going to go a long way towards keeping the um, keeping the championship alive. So the reason for picking Lewis as the driver to watch is mostly because it's going to be fascinating to see how he absorbs that pressure. We know that Lewis isn't mm. 
always amazing at um, sort of mind management and getting getting through a difficult race weekend, sort of trouble free. Um, and I think it only takes a race like this when he probably feels like he should have the legs on on Valtteri, then he's probably going to, if, if he doesn't get ahead of him early doors in the practice sessions and he starts chasing the car, then I think he might be uh, might be vulnerable. So it'll be very interesting to watch how that pans out. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And Bottas has definitely had the legs on him more often than not through Friday and Saturday this season as well. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting that. Uh, I'm going to go for another obvious driver to watch and it's Charles Leclerc. Um, not just because he needs a result, but he did go pretty well here last year. He managed to start 13th and drag his Sauber into the points at a time when the Sauber wasn't particularly um, on top of things. It was, as we said before, it was more the latter half of last season where Sauber really came into their own. So he's a decent drive for him last year. So hopefully he can start turning his season around a little bit this week. Mm. But yeah. again, we shall see. I mean, you, you say obvious. You say we've all gone for obvious ones. I don't think they necessarily are that obvious. I think, but I think if they are, it's because we're we're reaching that point in the season when it is becoming, it's sort of starting to take shape, and and the, the obviously the form book has, has 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 kind of shown itself now, when we know where roughly where we stand for the remainder of this half of the season. So it, yeah. it's yeah. becoming much more about. It is coming much more about the drivers, I think, at this point, and 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 the smaller battles between between individuals, because we know the we more or less know the at least at the front we know the running order. Um. So yeah, that, that I think that's why we've gone today. I don't know, like maybe today we have gone for obvious ones, but I think that's my justification for it. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. Finally, our new feature, which we're plowing on with um which we've actually got we've actually got a jingle we've for this got, week our, sting. our our jingle writer in chief uh, ashley foster has uh written us another absolute banger um which i'll let tom play now hungry racing fans come take a look we're totally not liable if you throw up in the back of the grid international culture appropriate catering truck Where's the catering truck this week, Chris? Uh, the catering truck in Montreal uh, sadly has not been able to find any tripe-based dishes. Uh, that doesn't seem to be a thing they go for in uh, wow. in Canada, unfortunately. If, At least not in this I, part. I was, I, was, I was hoping for some nice, tasty tripe poutine. That had been my uh, go-to. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's it's poutine. There's that's the only real food choice if you're in Canada. Just eat poutine. Which if you oh, don't, have I ruined your? I've <laughs> ruined your thing. Oh, no. <laughs> well, oh, no, no, it's not that you ruined it. It's just really obvious. Because why would you eat anything other than what is essentially cheese chips and gravy? There's a hot dog that they apparently call Steamies, and they do like some nice smoked meats and stuff. But just have poutine. Steamy. See, this steamy. is the only thing that maybe Montreal, well, the Canadians and Yorkshire folk have in common. Cheese, cheese chips and gravy. Because really. <laughs> nowhere else yeah. in the world would eat chips that, I don't think. <laughs> Except Yorkshire yeah. and Canada. Does <laughs> Yorkshire uh, like twinned with Montreal or something? Yeah. Do you, maybe. <laughs> do, you think if, do you think if you went into, into a poutine shop in Quebec and said, as they're now moist, 
then, <laughs> then they'd understand what you were saying. I think they would. I think they'd understand perfectly what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Although I think nah, if you then... went there and called it cheese, chips and gravy, they might not be quite so yeah, happy. Yeah, raise an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Ash, um, for the uh, thing as well, for the, for the amazing... Um, <laughs> theme tune yes another wonderful jingle it's been a while since we've had a new one so it's nice to hear uh, ash's dulcet tones again yeah we need more stings on this show i think (laughs) with more weird features (laughs) then (laughs) um shall we climb out of the catering truck and do some predictions okay so predictions time this week uh in canada uh, Montreal. Have we got some circuit facts? Do we need some circuit facts for this information? Number of laps, 70. Um, circuit length is 4. <laughs> Depends who's waving the checkered flag, though, doesn't it? That's what I suppose. Oh, we, oh he went there! <laughs> um, Maybe we'll actually get 70 this year. Yeah. That was bizarre, wasn't it, last year? I was so disappointed last year. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about it. Um, the circuit length is 3. <laughs> Uh, sorry, 4.361 kilometres. Race distance of 305.27 kilometres precisely. Um, lap record held by Rubens Barrichello, set in 2004 as a 113.622. Um, for now. For now, yeah, it won't. But I've got a feeling <laughs> yeah. that won't be standing. I think I'm going to be down. Actually, that can't be. Oh, it's the, it's the race lap, isn't it? Because qualifying yeah. last year was 110. So, but yeah, it's a race yeah. lap. Um. Yeah. Uh. So, Chris, who do you think will be fastest in Q3 before penalties? I was hoping you wouldn't go for me first. I'm sorry. I'm really struggling this week. It's it's a tricky track to predict. Um, traditionally quite an unpredictable race. I'm going to go with my head because it's served me well the last couple of weeks and say Hamilton. Hamilton, I knew you would. Um, Tom, who are you going for? I think I'm going to go with Bottas. Bottas, okay. I am going to be an absolute wild card and go Uh Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) For a second there, I was going to say Vettel, but I just don't see it this year. Actually, is it too late for me to change? I'm going to change to yeah. Vettel. No, no it's in cha- the box. <laughs> I've, cha- I've changed it. I've changed it. I've changed it because then we're not all the same. I don't like it when we're all the same. So Vettel. I'm What's annoying Vettel. there is you two, you two have gone for my second and third choice. So that's going to annoy me if I don't get the points next I mean, week. Who else? <laughs> who else are going to be your second and third choices, though? Like you've got, I suppose, Verstappen and well, yeah. Leclerc, maybe. Maybe Leclerc. Yeah. Um, Tom, who do you think will win? I think it will be Lewis. Lewis Hamilton for FTW. Um, I am going to say Vettel for the win as well. <laughs> Do you think? Double. And Chris? I'm going to say Hamilton. Double ham. I, I don't want to be right, but it's one of those weeks. Yeah. I, I guess, I you know, I'm looking at those two already and I'm thinking I'm going with my heart and not my head and I'm already regretting it. Um, first DNF, uh, it's my turn to go first. I am going to say I'm going to be my usual cruel self and go Kvyat. <laughs> 
<laughs> are there close proximity walls, Stu? <laughs> there are plenty of walls. Use the flow chart. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Then again, you the have used the wall. Uh, you have used the flow chart because you've gone caveat gonna caveat. So yeah, exactly. that's an acceptable exactly. choice. Um, after using said flow chart, I am going to say Grosjean. Grosjean. <laughs> oh, that's because there I mean, are close proximity walls. It's, it's, it strolls home race, and you're going Grosjean. Well, this is a thing, you know. After. Um, Things like that, like drivers going out in their home races, and then what happened to Charles' last race? I kind of thought maybe I should have added something to the little thing that we shared, saying, is it a driver's home race? Yes or no? Pick yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, then go through the rest of the flood chart. <laughs> we did a lot more of that last season, I think. Yeah. It's his home race. He'll, he'll probably retire first. Or we had a good weekend at the last race, yeah. so he'll probably retire first this time. Yeah, yeah. So with all that information, Chris, who are you going to vote for for first DNF? <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to apply some of that logic and I'm going to say Lance Stroll. Yes! Yay. I knew I could get someone to do that. Um, <laughs> number of finishers. Uh, Tom, it's your turn to go first this time. It was 17 Ooh. last year for uh, for reference. Yeah, I'm thinking a similar sort of ballpark, especially after last time out around... A circuit completely surrounded by walls. We only had one retirement. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, um, I think I'm going to go with the same and go 17. 17. I, it was between that and 18, but I'm going to go 17. And uh, Chris, what's the magic number for you? It sounds like I'm copying Tom, but I had 17 in my head as well. well Just feels right. I'm going to go with the classic 16. Sweet 16. Um, and then, Chris, can you give me a rando drivo, please? I certainly can. And this week it is Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi. Antonio Giovinazzi in the Sauber. That's difficult. Yeah, it is. Since you picked a difficult one, Chris, you can go first. Let's see, I said 17... I mean, I didn't pick it. A random number generator <laughs> did, but still. You're responsible for it. I hold you responsible. I've gone 17 finishers, so I'll say Giovinazzi. Where did Giovinazzi finish last year? Nowhere, because mm, he wasn't on the grid. No. Um, but last 15th. race... 15th. You're going to go 15th. So you'll think you'll 15th. finish 15th. Okay. Um, I guess this time I've got to go. Um, ah, where was Giovinazzi in Monaco? He was behind uh, George, wasn't he? He was behind George Russell. He was like 16th, 17th. Yeah. Um, he was down there, yeah. I am going to go. No, he was 19th, last on the road. 19th, last. Right, I'm going to yeah. go last on the road, 16th then for my, uh, for my top, for my clear, for my clean sweep. And so, Tom, are you saying the Williams are going to retire? Are you saying the Williams are going to beat him on the road? Um, I think the Williams will beat him on the road. Interesting. 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 I think I've just screwed myself. But anyway, Tom, do your. Uh, <laughs> do your one. I think I'm going to go 14th here. 14th. Yeah, okay. I think probably the Williams and maybe somebody else having a bad race is going to end up behind him. Hmm. Considering I've gone 17 finishes. Yeah. I think I've got too many retirements there, you know. But <laughs> that's predictions. Um, you can submit your predictions at backofthegrid.com. 
and um, there's a prize every week for anyone who gets a clean sweep. That's all five answers correct. And there's a prize at the end of the season for the person with the most points. Um, we are doing terribly, so you're more than likely to beat us as well. Um, so please enter. Can I throw in a bonus prediction for this week for us to do? Yes. yes. Do we get anything for getting it? It's not going to count towards anything. It's just just for us ah, to do. I okay. also want us this week to predict. I, I don't actually know for a fact if it's happening. I'm just assuming it does. Um, but who's going to win the raft race? Uh, McLaren are usually really good at the raft race, so I'm going to go McLaren. Uh, Williams, because they need to win something eventually. I think Williams won it last year, you know, the raft race. They did, which is why I was also going to go for them. But that's a little ah. bit boring because I said the same thing as you now. Just stop copying me, Chris. I know, right? I can't. <laughs> I'm out of control. Um, okay, if you're going Williams, who do you say, Stu? McLaren. I will say then... I'll say Red Bull. That feels like a very Red Bull thing, doesn't it? It does feel like a Red Bull thing. Yeah. It'll be fun, go, the... but it won't necessarily be the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's watch that not even happen this year and that will be completely pointless. Yeah. Um, let's go to the inbox. Who's got the first bit of inbox? I have one from Stephen Barlow uh, saying, Montreal is more like Bahrain with most of the lap at full throttle, so Ferrari should be able to let those prancing donkeys run free. (laughs) Uh, But I still want to see Lewis running away with it and Leclerc in the wall of champions. Wow. Ooh, wall of champions. Hadn't even thought Uh, about that. Wall of champs, yeah. I saw some really... I want to call it bad footage, but it was just footage of Heike Kovalainen trying to go through that final chicane from a few years ago when he was in the Lotus or Catrum, whichever it was called at the time. (laughs) And boy, did he get it wrong and nearly end up in the Wall of Champions. (laughs) He was like all over those curbs. So you know it's going to be Stroll or somebody if somebody does that. You just know it. Free practice two, bang, Wall of Champions, Lance Hmm. Stroll. I mean, there's that, definitely that feels be right. a few. There'll be a few, I think, this year. We've got a few rookies on the grid as well, so they're going to get. They could get mm-hmm. caught out. Um, yeah, interesting. Do, is there Do we think we'll there? see an actual champion in the Wall of Champions, though? I, I think mm. absolutely. Yeah, I think we could. Um, we got Raikkonen in the in the not so grippy, um, uh, not called Alfa Romeo. Um, you've got Vettel not showing the best form of uh, his life at the moment um Lewis under pressure to, to you know to to beat his teammate and keep keep on the front foot I think absolutely there's potential for any one of those champions to be in said wall the wall belonging to champions <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think of a really clever way of saying well champions are ending that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also a decent chance of having a a future wall of champions um and leclerc ending up in there wall of future yeah, champions <laughs> the wall of future champions yeah that's it's the same wall just slightly one? further along yeah yeah <laughs> um 
Next bit of inbox is from Brooke Archer, who says, is it too late for Ferrari to come back from their amateur start to the season? My eight-year-old cousin could make better strategy calls. One particular mm. driver doesn't seem like he's caring anymore. Is Ferrari crumbling or will there be a constructor's comeback of the century? That email from a very disgruntled Ferrari fan. <laughs> yeah. um, I think a constructor's comeback is going to be very difficult. Uh, considering some of the maths we were looking at a week or so ago, um, it's not it's not impossible, but I think it's unlikely. If they can get on top of strategy in the car, then they can still catch Lewis and Bottas. It's entirely possible if they can start winning races. Yeah, yeah. You've got Vettel on eighty-two points in the constructors, Bottas on one hundred and twenty, and Lewis on one hundred and thirty-seven. Um, obviously, they're still within reasonable reach at this stage in the season. We're only what on race round seven, is it? Um, yeah, yeah. So if if they can get on top of their issues, then they and put Vettel at least get behind Vettel and put him in a position where he can start winning some races. Then, yeah, I think by the end of the season they could be back in it at least for the drivers. Constructors probably going to struggle, but anything can happen. And it usually does, according to Murray Walker. So <laughs> it only takes you know, we, a DNF or two for the Mercedes guys, and it could yeah, swing back. That's it. Yeah, and as that as as the heat spices up between Hamilton and Valt and and uh, and Bottas, it will. There'll definitely be at some point in the season a flash point. We've seen it before. We saw it in Spain in 2014 with uh, Rosberg and Hamilton. And I have absolutely no doubt that both of those drivers, once they've got the bit between their teeth, will not quarter for anyone. So, um, yeah, definitely potential for them to have a double, double retirement. Oh, for sure. Bring Vettel yeah. back into it. So, yeah, totally. But they, Ferrari do need to get their act together to be there to capitalise on that stuff, which is yeah, the, they do. still the biggest thing holding them back. And there are obviously development steps that they need to take in order to it's not just the drivers it is the car it's quite evident at this point that it is the car that's not delivering so and it, you know that could explain why um vettel's not not been driving so great maybe he's got an absolute pain in the backside of a car to drive like you'd, you'd never hear yeah. the ferrari drivers criticizing a ferrari because you're not you, i think i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah it's the quickest way to get out of a ferrari isn't yeah. it <laughs> Like, I'm trying to think of a time when when I've heard a Ferrari driver criticize a Ferrari, and honestly, I I cannot think of a time. Yeah. Other than Nicky Lauda, um, well, I mean, when he calls it a shit, box. it's a four par, yeah. isn't it? It's not done. Um, whereas it would be in, in amongst other teams. So. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Alan Prost got sacked basically for that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he he More or less. did too much criticizing Ferrari, so they showed in the door yeah we don't like it is <laughs> and i remember mm. um ferrari not being too happy with love what alonso was saying at one point as well mm. well they've, been, they've not like they've, never called it a gp2 engine no it's true yeah um they've never really given alonso a glowing review have they since since he left they've always been a little bit kind of, I, I saw one thing where a former team boss was saying he was difficult to work with and stuff and saying it was you know it's they're just i think this is the thing with ferrari though they're so blinded by their own kind of mystique that 
the, it's almost like they're un, unable to accept criticism and when it does come about mm. it, it, it shocks them and, and they don't know what to do and that's why they're in this situation because there must be it, 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 imagine if they're being like that with their drivers if the person driving the car can't turn around and say I don't like what the car's doing then what is it like for the engineers what is it like for the other people who are who are in less yeah pivotal roles in inside the team are they what if they pipe up and say something that they're not supposed to say or that that the bosses don't like to hear is that why you see ferrari not doing as well as they are because people aren't able to speak and say how they could improve things you know like you don't know because you're not in there it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that was exactly what happens well, it kind of goes back to what we were saying a few weeks ago, doesn't it? Of seeing these shots of the pit wall all sat there, not saying anything, because nobody wants to be the one to say, I think yeah. we've got this wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know what? They're a fascinating <laughs> team for all the wrong reasons a lot of the time. Yeah. You two have got to watch that show, Chernobyl. Because the uh, the control okay. room, the, the the control room of that nuclear power plant, that's Ferrari. <laughs> it's a Ferrari pit wall. <laughs> yeah, that's the. And if you if, if you listen and you've watched Snowball, you'll know exactly what I mean. You too, you need to watch that tonight. Because honestly, you'll laugh your heads off when you see it. Because that's it. well, you won't because it's really dark. It's, I should say it's 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 harrowing. It's horrible, but. It, with the, Much like with things the, at Ferrari. Yeah, to work with that analogy, it's actually quite entertaining. So, But obviously Chernobyl <laughs> was a terrible thing and and it, oh, yeah, the whole thing about it, awful. And so many people at risk and stuff, yeah. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Swiftly move on. This one's an absolute mouthful, Stu. You're going to love this. Oh, God, it's me, isn't it? Okay, bring back Ocon. Is this, is this our uh, m- many-named emailer? I will be able to tell you. No, it is not. It's oh, not. it's not. It's not. Oh, okay. So bring back Ocon and then in brackets, it says and Alonso and Ericsson and dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> Jensen? <laughs> yes, bring back Jensen. Ericsson's a weird addition to that list, but okay. Um, just finished listening to the Monaco review and totally agree on Lance Stroll. I've never liked the idea of pay drivers, but know they are a necessary part of F1. But does he have to make it so obvious I mean, at least Crash de Maldonado brought a little bit of excitement to a race, but Lance is just useless. <laughs> also, I think the time has come to admit that Kubica just isn't performing. There are so many other drivers better suited and probably faster. Finally, there's just a general lack of spiciness to F1 this year. Mercedes are yet again running away with the championship, but at least last year we had Perez, Ocon, Verstappen, Ocon, uh, Magnussen, Grosjean, Magnussen, Ericsson, Alonso, McLaren. Oh God, yeah, a lot of different uh, rivalries. Um, <laughs> harmonious driver pairings. Here's the point. Harmonious driver pairings make for boring, boring races also. Yeah, I mean, dissect that one real quick, guys. Where do we start? We kind of, I kind of sort of touched on it last week i guess when we're talking about the racing points now yeah everyone how, seems to be getting on well yeah like but then we got the point of the fact that one's the points end of the grid and one's at the back yeah of the grid so that's probably the reason there's no stuff going on between them but I, I do kind of see the point of 
like when there's not really anything going on up and down the grid. Like the most I can think of really at the minute is the battle between the two Haas guys to get a little bit of dominance within that team and the whole thing that was going on in Spain. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of another one like that really so far this season. Mm. Maybe that's just my bad memory. I think the McLaren guys have the potential. I think that's going to fire up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that one's smouldering away quite nicely at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, we've sort of said like Hamilton, Bottas may do at some point. I can't see Vettel and Leclerc really locking horns that much. Gasly's not close enough to Verstappen. Ricardo and Holpen, Kockerberg maybe, but they're not really driving for all that much right now. Mm-hmm. And then everyone yeah, else is... Uh, yeah. Stroll and Perez, just different parts of the They're track. They're too gapped. Yeah. yeah. Same, same with Kimi and... Um, Giovinazzi, yeah. Giovinazzi. Like, they're, they're not racing anywhere near each other, really, most yeah, of the it, time. It, so. No. It is a bit vanilla, isn't it? It's all a bit vanilla. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hass and McLaren are definitely um, our best uh, chances for a bit of bit of spice, I think. I mm. think... Uh, you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Kubica and uh, Russell. I think that's a that's a really really fierce rivalry developing now, because obviously uh, George has been working with Lewis for a long time, um, and he's you know he's in a Formula One car and he's reaping the rewards from that. You can see it in his driving, um, and Kubica has a lot, still a lot to to prove, and unfortunately he just doesn't have the car to to do it at the moment i think as that car gets upgraded and and it sort of moves ever so slightly closer and closer and closer into the pack and starts to mix it with the uh with other cars more then you're definitely going to see more and more fireworks between those two because they're going to be sort of catching each other up more and mixing it with yeah. um, other vehicles whereas at the moment because there's nothing in between them and because there's nothing to hold them back it, it exposes what what What's only really about a tenth gap between them, it makes it look so much bigger because they're not interacting with other vehicles. Mm. Mm. So there's no the, the the lead car's not getting slowed down for the, the the chase car to sort of catch up in the same way that it would if you were in like if you're both, say you're both in Renaults and you catch up to uh, you get overtaken by a slightly slower car than you in a battle, then obviously the person behind you is going to catch up while you're battling and then they then you start to mix it and they you know then they get on the radio i'm faster than this person blah 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 and that's when hmm. you get all the sort of all the spice like we say Stu, i have a question for you just based off all that that you've just said go on was it not you that said ocon will be in that car by spa it was it was <laughs> yes, i'm it just was. checking that was um, you. It, yeah, <laughs> it was me. It was, you know, you know, I'm like, I changed my opinion on a dime. So, <laughs> no, um, I was just making sure that I had definitely heard somebody say that because I had it in my memory. I did, but I, I did it in. It's when I say these things, it's usually in jest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sort of back myself up on that one. Um, yeah, it's at the same time. It's just, just while we're on. Sorry, Chris. Just while we're on that that topic though of Ocon. I do think that if we do get into sort of a, a bit of a battle between those two and we get in towards like, I don't know, get maybe towards the end of the season and one of them scoring points and the other one isn't, and those points are going to be really, really vital at the end of the season for the, for uh, for for Williams. Because if they can snatch one more position, that's worth zillions. So um, mm-hmm. you could see Ocon in whichever driver is behind seat. I yeah, think, at Williams, 
Um, whether that is, I, I think obviously on the face of it, looking at it right now, it does look like that would probably more likely be Kubica, just judging by the timesheets. But yeah, it, it's not just about the lap times. It's about, you know, composure on track, racing other cars and stuff like that. You can be as fast as anything. If you can't overtake, then you, you're never going to win. Here's a little bit of one similar to the Lewis and Valtteri thing, which is Kubica's always had a fairly good record in Canada when he was in F1 previously. Yeah. And it's a circuit George, as far as I know, won't have been to before in terms of racing because stuff like the F2 and the, the F3 and GP3 don't come over to Montreal. No. So... If there's a weekend where Kubitz is going to be able to have a huge upper hand, this is it. And it would be interesting to see if he can take advantage of that expertise. Well, not expertise, but that previous experience. I know the cars are completely different now, but he's still got a lot of laps under his belt around here compared to George. So I'm really interested to see if he can actually make that count this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, I I definitely don't think it's time to say Kubitz is not performing. As Stu kind of said, like you've only really got that you only compare them to their teammates because there's just no other reference point, which makes it really difficult. And is it that Kubitz is underperforming, or is it that Russell is actually having a really really stellar first season? And until that car is of a similar level to other cars on the grid, it's so hard to tell. Like if. If Kubica was in that second uh, racing point, would he be doing better than Stroll is right now? Quite possibly. But it's un- until that Williams is on the same level as them, it's just near impossible to tell. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, was there anything else in that question? I think we've kind of covered it all, haven't we? Yeah, I think, I yeah. think so, yeah. Cool. Uh, that will probably do us for this week then. Um, as always, if you want to take part in the Predictions League, you can do that by going to our website, which is backofthegrid.com. Please join in. Um, if you've never entered before, it's not too late because we will have a prize every week for anyone who can manage five out of five, which has already happened once this season, which proves it's absolutely doable. And as you said, you'll probably overtake us in no time at all because we are terrible. Uh, you can also talk to us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid and you'll find us. And that is just about everything. So thank you very much for joining us. We'll all be back in a week's time to review the Canadian Grand Prix. So until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.